Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson, who's in studio with me. Good morning. Good morning, Fred. And uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, is our good buddy, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? We're doing well here. Uh, Fred and I, uh, where we live, escaped the uh, winter storm weather, uh, but it's going up through uh, Tennessee and, I guess, Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic, Fred. Is that right? Yeah, just about 100 miles to our north is where there's the transition from the rain than sleet, freezing rain, and snow. Yeah. Uh, so not very nice. If you're traveling the I-40 today, like Memphis, right. heading up through Nashville, yeah. it may not be a nice drive. Yeah, yeah. good point. Um, how's the weather there? It's a balmy 8 degrees here in Kansas City this morning. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that, is that, that's pretty cold. Is this where you go biking in the theater of your mind that's right uh, mental mental biking right keep the you mind sit, sharp you sit in instead of meditating you you be envision yourself on a on a spring day and 70 degrees eight you, you don't even think about it right no Seriously. no no and and we've had we had some snow overnight so yeah, yeah. uh no this is hey it's a good day looking behind you there it's a good day to take the christmas decorations I, I, down I, I, I actually, I actually commented to my wife about this, and she just sort of said, "Our Christmas tree is still up, so we, we've got some work to do here. So maybe this is a good day to do it." <laughs> oh, brother! Uh, yeah, eight degrees trapped inside. January the sixth. Um, maybe start taking the Christmas tree Take down. Take the Christmas tree oh, down. That's, that's funny. Right. Mm. Um, well, folks, we hope. Uh, we, we hope you're having a good day. I know the weather is bad for a lot of folks uh, listening right now. But um, maybe you will get stuck on an interstate, right? Oh, not like I-95 oh. earlier in the week. Oh, mm-hmm. bad stretch there. I told uh, Allison, my wife, and I we were talking about this one. There was talks about folks being stuck 24 hours, right? Yes, sir, in their cars. I mean, now maybe not completely, quote, stuck, but, I mean, stuck on the interstate. Mm-hmm. They were moving at a snail's pace. Mm-hmm. I, uh that would put in a, that would cause me to have emotional problems. Kind of I would, well, yeah. huh? I'm serious. I would probably have to see a therapist for a while if I if that happened to me. That's uh, that's that was like that would like being that would seem like a month. You're trapped in a car. Oh yeah, I can't imagine if you got kids. A lot of right. these folks were like were driving right. back from Florida. They brought on break yeah. during Christmas, oh, and they're getting so close. Mm-hmm. They're getting up to this was between Richmond and D.C getting kind of close to home there, and all of a sudden it all comes to a halt because, uh, fortunately, as far as I know, there were no deaths. Some 18-wheelers slid off the road. That blocked that I-95, particularly yeah. heading north. And uh, <laughs> imagine you got kids in the car. Mm. You don't have any No, food. I don't want to imagine that. Oh. <laughs> dogs? <laughs> your dogs? And no. All of that. Oh, wow. Anyway, Tough. yeah, that was that was awful. With a capital A. Mm. All right. Uh, listen, this this hour, Alex McFarlane will be with us at the bottom of the hour from the Exploring the Word radio program. 
I'm going to pose a question to Alex, and I will only have about 10 or 12 minutes with him, so it won't be a detailed answer. But uh, uh, there's all kind of discoveries being made in the Middle East, and it's the land of the Bible, if you will, from Egypt all the way over to uh, up through modern-day Israel and so forth. I want to ask Alex, is the Bible, is the Old Testament historically accurate, historically Mm-hmm. accurate i'm going to ask him that question and we'll just get his response because that is significant i think oh yeah and then also Corey brooks you may have heard about this pastor who's on the rooftop in chicago trying to bring attention to the violence that is so prevalent in his city and he wants to do something to try to change the plight of as many young people in particular as as he can and uh, he's a senior pastor of the New Beginnings Church of Chicago, otherwise known as the Rooftop Pastor. He's going to be on with us coming up at uh, 1045 Central Time, so about 35 minutes from now. Fred, uh, today is January the 6th, and President Biden is at the Capitol to what? Yes. Uh, it wasn't the Capitol this morning. About an hour and a half ago. Um the President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, entered the Capitol, uh, and it was all set up, big podium there. It was kind of political theater, the way they marched in, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris speaking first, and then President Biden. <clears throat> We're going to li- listen to their speeches, but some would say it was political theater, uh, political opportunism. Uh, But basically, it was a day that uh, the president and vice president decided they would use the anniversary as an opportunity to attack former President Trump and his followers. So here's a little bit, uh, rather than me trying to describe, here's a little bit of what President Biden had to say this morning. Cut eight. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest. And because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution, he can't accept he lost. And that represented the tone of the whole speech. Uh, Very negative. Uh, Just attack, attack, attack. You know, somebody was commenting afterwards that maybe as the president of the United States, it was an opportunity to try to bring the country together because we have a deeply divided country right Mm -hmm. now. But instead, uh, this person commenting said he kind of just poured fuel on the flames. Yeah, well, I remember several times over the last year, Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for the president, saying, uh, for President Biden, saying, we don't want to talk about the previous administration. Mm. Huh? Well, that got thrown out today. We don't want to talk about the previous president. Yeah. Uh, so, but now they do? Now they do. Okay. Because that's what it was all about You know about what, today. what we got here, Ray? Uh, we got, uh, everybody expected, uh, you know, to, this to be talked about today, what happened a year ago. I mean, that's, right. it, was, it was a right. big, big major news story. 
But for Ray, for president, the vice president, to go down to the Capitol and make these big speeches, it uh, political theater is what Fred referred to it as. You know, for a long time there was a a an unwritten rule that presidents did not criticize their predecessors. Now, that rule is never followed perfectly, right? But it is unusual. I'm trying to think. Can can are, are there any other examples of sitting presidents? criticizing their predecessors, not the policies, but criticizing the man himself right. in the terms that President Biden did today. It's uh, it's without precedent. It's unseemly, too. No, that's a good word. Very unseemly. It, it's an ugly thing to hear President Biden speak about Mr. Trump and his followers that way. Uh, if he wanted to, you know, the, the old thing about being a uniter, yeah. not a divider, we'll forget that. For yeah. that's out that's out the window. So yeah. uh, well, you also had Vice President Harris. Mm-hmm. Do we have that clip? Do we do. Uh, I, I really, I, I'm torn on this one. I don't want to hear it because it's nails on the finger. It's it's, it's fingernails on the on the chalkboard on the chalkboard for me. Mm. But but I I feel like we need to hear it. Cut number so. nine. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly. Remind all who have lived through them Mm. where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. I, I, I just, uh, what, what can I do here? I, I got to do something to get this out of me. I, I don't, I didn't need to hear that. What? You know, come on, come on, lady. Come on. I'm <laughs> Madam Vice President. Pearl Harbor? 9-11? She's comparing what happened a year ago with the shaman going in the Capitol building. And people getting few people getting carried away, putting and their feet it, up on that. Call, as Ray said, if you want to call it a riot, call it a riot. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, to compare it with Pearl Harbor, two thousand four hundred people died at Pearl Harbor. More than three thousand died during nine eleven. One demonstrator was shot and killed. Back with Capitol Policeman. January, by a Capitol Policeman on January the 6th. And she's making this comparison. And she's making that comparison. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, anyway, I better stop right there. Uh, anything else to say to that, Ray, before you want to move on? Just, just this much. Clearly, what the Biden administration is trying to do, they're trying to use January the 6th. They're speaking of it in these uh this, this hyperbole, they're comparing right. it to Pearl Harbor 9-11 to, to detract from a truly disastrous first year in office. Bingo. You just One bingo. failure after another. So this, yes. is, this is an attempt to use distraction to yeah. get the minds the, of the, the public The man off. with his Christmas tree still up in the back, he bingoed. He just yes. bingoed. Yeah. <laughs> and right, and to Ray's point, and Tucker Carlson addressed this last night, this was the launching of the Democratic Party's strategy for the midterms. They've got nothing else to vote uh, to right. go they to got, the they got, they got they got nothing. 
he, you know, we all know where the polls are right. with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris yeah. right now. Right. So all they've got to go to is to refer back to something that happened a year ago. People have moved on. They're discussing man- vaccine mandates. They're discussing the economy, uh, getting back to work, getting their kids back in school. So here's what Tucker Carlson had. And I think it was a very good observation he made last night in his editorial. Cut 10. Pretending that a protest was actually a failed coup is the Democratic Party's entire strategy to win this year's midterm election. At this point, it's all they've got. Governing didn't work. And that's why today the Attorney General of the United States, one of the most political men in Washington, announced the Department of Justice will continue to harass and arrest people who voted for Donald Trump. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6 perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. Everyone who is responsible. So the Department of Justice already had the largest manhunt in its history. John Dillinger is laughing. January 6th trumped him. And it trumped the manhunt after 9-11. It trumps all manhunts. So people who were just staying there taking pictures on their phone got picked up by the FBI. Some of them got sent to jail. But it's not ending. There's still more to come. Over 725 people have now been charged. Here's the other observation. President Biden, Kamala Harris, have said nothing about the destruction that occurred in the George Floyd protests, riots in Minneapolis. Our friend up, Jan Markell, has told us in Minneapolis, five blocks of a city were destroyed and still haven't come back. Seattle, many people died. Seattle gave over, what, a two-block section of that city to rioters. Police officers were attacked over and over again. Federal property was destroyed, you may remember, in Seattle. On and on and on it goes. They said nothing about that. Mm -hmm. Not a word. Well, in fact, Vice President uh, Harris, I think then-candidate Harris, reportedly uh, made a donation in Minneapolis to help with the bail of the people who had done the, the rioting and the looting. Am, am I right? You that remember is that? Cor- that is correct. There was an organization set up uh, to help with the bail for the rioters, yes. for the looters, mm-hmm. and she contributed, made a financial contrib- contribution yeah. to that. Anyway, it's just, listen, uh, like we said, I, I expe- everybody expected it to be a news story today. But for the, uh, I think Ray's exactly right. The the Democrats, in particular, the Biden Harris administration, they got nothing. They got nothing going for them whatsoever. So they said, well, let's go to the Capitol and remind everybody what happened on January the sixth, and uh, say it was say it was like Pearl Harbor. Or 9/11, you know what? 99.9 percent of the American public, whether they admit it or not, knows that's just that's nuts. Yep, it's not true, mm-hmm. and you're trying to stir up something. You're trying to make create something that just isn't there. Yeah. So what's really interesting is now uh, it's, it's not going to be a one day thing. The commission that Nancy Pelosi set up to investigate air quotes there. Yeah. Uh, January 6th. 
they're going to start holding hearings in prime time. They want they want to bring oh, this good. to television audiences. CNN probably threatened there. Yeah. They have an interim report scheduled for July, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So that's another big news conference good. they hope for. And then a final yeah. report just before the election in November. <laughs> sure, this is not political. Yeah. Right. Well, that's right. Nancy Pelosi's last day at the helm. Yes. Most people are predicting. All right, but, so. You know, Tim, it's, just, it's just not going to work. No. The, it's a big deal today. It's going to be in the news another 24, 48 hours. But the president's poll numbers are upside down. I saw one report today. One survey said his approval is at 35 percent. That is hard to believe one year in. If that holds, nothing is going to save the Democrats in November. Nothing. This is is not going to work for them. You know what? They got to find some new leaders. Uh, Their leaders in the Democratic Party remind me of the – remember the old baseball, old-timers games? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, they weren't active players. They were players who were long since past their prime, over the hill, or not ready for prime time. Right. And this this bunch right here, Biden, Harris, Pelosi, Schumer, they need some fresh faces, some new blood, some Bur- new eyes. Bernie, Bernie, Bur- from Bernie. From- they, they, huh? Yeah. I mean, they, these they ought to be playing hearts around the table somewhere, you know, in a home. Uh, and, you know, and if they're hoping with the fireplace crackling in the background, if they're hoping AOC and the squad is going <laughs> to save them, <laughs> oh, maybe that's why they're staying around because they see what's the squad there's ready to uh, fill the vacuum. Right. But I mean, really and truly, this is a, a tired looking they are group of folks. But I, I honestly, it, I think this is about this is a calculated plan to deflect from the yeah. disaster Not that working. President Joe Biden has has the way the handling of the pandemic. And uh, Governor Ron DeSantis was on Fox and Friends this morning, had some interesting things to say. He was questioning why this administration has paid so little attention to therapeutics in fighting the pandemic versus vaccines and if you don't get vaccines you're the big problem in this country so have a listen to what he had to say this morning about this issue of therapeutics why hasn't the federal government really pushed the idea of treating people instead of telling people you're, you're going to lose your job unless you get the, the shot cut number three the failure from the outset to really focus on therapeutics, uh, I think it's cost a huge number of lives. Uh, it was almost like they said, uh, lockdown, mask, and then once vaccines came, vaccine, and that was it. And as we've seen now, particularly with Omicron, is you know people are still getting infected regardless of their vaccination status. So you need to have an emphasis right. on therapeutics. I just think it's counter to their messaging but and their narrative. Is it when I rolled out our monoclonal antibody sites over the summer, they attacked me because they said, oh, then this is not, uh, you're against vaccine if you're for therapeutics, when actually we had a lot of vaccinated people that were going. It wasn't all unvaccinated. Uh, But regardless, you want to have treatment options. You want to have treatment options. A lot of people have been saying that. And it raises the question, why hasn't the federal government really focused now on therapeutics, treating people instead of the threats about shots? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Do you? Well, 
I can speculate. Speculate. That's why we're here, Fred. Okay. Part, partly. Here, here's my spec. I believe the Biden administration is all about how can we control the population. I mean, that's what the mandates are. Yeah. He is still, the president of the United States is still saying this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. He is still saying that. Yeah, that's false this information. Week. That's false this information. Week. And it's not following the science. No. Let's be very clear about that. But, you know, I think there are other Democrats who may talk this way, but they're sure showing that in reality, they do not even believe the lies they've been telling the American people. We had the story of AOC taking her vacation in Florida. No masks. Well, she's been joined by another very well-known Democrat, Eric Swalwell, let the uh, second impeachment from California from California mask everybody California yeah he was caught he's been visiting Florida with his family they go to the free state of Florida free state of Florida <laughs> well Ron DeSantis was asked about that this morning too is cut number two well Ainsley the number of lockdown politicians that have locked down their people lectured their people uh, cast aspersions on Florida, who then turn around and then seek refuge in Florida, is so much it's become a cottage industry. I mean, you have governors, you have mayors, you have members of Congress. They say one thing, uh, and then they live under different sets of rules. And I think the thing about Florida, as we've said, you have the ability to make your own decisions. You know, we are not going to use the heavy hand of government uh, to curtail your freedoms or to ruin your livelihoods. And those policies were policies that all those people uh, railed against. Uh, and yet they'll come down here right. and bask in the Florida sunshine and the Florida freedom. <laughs> That's a gift to the governor, you know. AOC yeah. showing up down there, Swalwell. And by the way, Swalwell's office, really interesting, was asked to respond. What, what's he doing in Florida? They said he's down there on official Democratic Party business. With the fam? With the yeah, fam. with the fam. With the fam, and he's pictured in the hotel lobby with his uh, sandals on. Hawaiian shirt and sandals <laughs> on. Taking care of his kid. <laughs> and I, listen, I don't no, Go enjoy, uh, right, your, enjoy, your, it. Go yeah, enjoy your vacation. Or work you on wanna, your tan. Work on your tan. If you want to call it an official business trip, go ahead and do that. The point is <laughs> the, these left-wing politicians who preach lockdown, mask up, mm -hmm. get the shots or lose your job. When the cameras are off, they don't have their mask on. No, they don't have their mask on. So, and they're and they're not practicing uh, a lot of what they preach. Okay. So, what's the deal? Yeah. So, uh, do you believe it or not? Mm -hmm. Do you believe what you say or, or not? What you force others to participate in? And this has been time and time and time again with Democrat. Leaders, mayors, uh, governors—you know Newsom out there. Mm -hmm. They they say one thing. Whitmer up yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, where did she go? She vacation? leaves the state to go down to see her dad in Florida yeah. during lockdown. Uh -huh. I mean, again, nobody faults, but don't tell others they can't have the same freedoms and liberties you do. Yes, while you try to uh, so put for these lockdown California, lockdown New York. That is AOC and. Uh, what's the fellow's name? Swalwell. Swalwell, congressman, Democrats, progressive, liberals, and then they, where did they go on vacation? <laughs> they go to Florida. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> they go to freedom. Yeah. Notice they didn't go to Havana.
That's right. They could have gone nope. to Havana. It's warm down there, too. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to return with uh, Alex McFarland coming up after the break. Hey, the uh, you, maybe you've seen the pastor on the rooftop in Chicago trying to bring attention to <clears throat> his city, uh, ending violence and, and, and some hope for, uh, for his city. Uh, he's a pastor, and he's going to be on with us at 1045, uh, assuming he'll be on from the rooftop there. We'll, 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 be, we'll be back in a minute. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. A district judge in Texas issued a preliminary injunction stopping President Biden from punishing military service members seeking religious exemptions. Dozens of Navy SEALs filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration for their refusal to grant religious accommodations to the COVID vaccine mandate. First Liberty Institute represented the SEALs. Judge Reed O'Connor blasted the Biden administration, says the Navy's so-called religious accommodation process is nothing more than political theater. He says the military is literally rubber-stamping every denial. In essence, our military members are being told they have to choose between serving their country and following their religious beliefs. It's an untenable position. Judge O'Connor says the pandemic is no excuse to take away a service member's freedoms. That's a good word for every pastor, deacon, and Sunday school teacher in America. The next time the government tells you to shut down your church house in the name of public safety, just say no. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we promise not to play any more clips with Vice President Harris. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know you don't want to hear that anymore. Huh? <laughs> She's hard to listen to, to me. Just a little, just difficult. You know, you don't want to make fun of people because of their appearance or the way they talk or carry themselves. Lord knows I could be mocked for many reasons. We all could. Huh? We all, we all, could. Could. Sure. We all have our idiosyncrasies, our sure. personality quirks. Mm-hmm. But I have never heard anybody talk through their nasal. Huh? Like Harris does, Vice right, President. This, the, you're, you're not making a political comment here. You just No, I'm just making an observation. Yeah. She needs some coaching. Mm-hmm. Some kind of coaching so she quits talking with such a nasally deliver. And stop giggling. Delivery. Stop giggling. Yeah. That, and big Ca- cackling, when giggling. She was, when she was giving her speech this morning, I watched it. She's smiling the whole time. Is she talking about 9-11? And 9-11 uh, and compar- Comparing today with 9-11? She's smi- She's got a They're smile on her weird. face. Just weird. I know. And who among her speech uh, writers? You telling me you got ten people sitting around a table, and they're going over her speech, and somebody doesn't raise their hand and say, "You know, I think comparing this to Pearl Harbor is a little over the top." <laughs> I think maybe we might want to dial that one back. Nine hmm. eleven. We're comparing. January 6th with 9-11. Uh, Madam Vice President, I just don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, Nobody said that? Apparently not. I or, guess not. or, as we know, all kinds of people have been leaving uh, her employment in her yeah. office yeah. because they say she's hard to get along with. She yeah. picks on people. <clears throat> yeah. She demeans people. Yeah, I know. Anyway... Uh, we're not going to play any more clips from the vice president or our president Biden. No, today. not for today. Uh, anyway, they had their day in the, they had their few hours in the sun there where they could bash Trump and mm-hmm. compare all Trump supporters with insurrectionists. Yes. You know, never mind that 99% of people who support president Trump are more also condemned people storming the Capitol. Yes. It wasn't like it was acceptable mm-hmm. to, uh, the vast majority of people who voted for President Trump, it was not that was not acceptable behavior. That's right. Uh, what happened on that day? Yeah. Okay, but it wasn't 9/11, and it wasn't Pearl Harbor, and if people didn't die except the one uh, lady, unfortunately. Yes. But, and as I've said before, if this was supposed to be an insurrection or a coup, it was the worst one in history because these people didn't bring weapons. Nobody torched buildings. Nobody took hostages. I mean, uh, this was not a coup. Uh, if you want to call it an insurrection, uh, it's not an insurrection as in the, as in they were a threat to take over the federal government. That was never a, a threat. It was tragic, wrong. Mm-hmm. It, as Ray said, it was. It was. A, it turned into a riot. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I've seen worse riots at uh, Antifa BLM protest. Yes. Uh, many, many times. Yes. Okay. Remember the peaceful riot? The peaceful. The, mostly see, peaceful. Mostly yeah. peaceful, right. Yeah. The burning building and the burning buildings <laughs> in the background. 
Yeah. See it in. Uh, I guess it was CNN. CNN was. Remember that? Reporting uh-huh. on the mostly peaceful protest as uh, burning buildings are in the background. Uh, anyway, you're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Alex McFarland joins us now. Dr. Alex McFarland is he and Bert Harper host uh, Exploring the Word each afternoon here on AFR from 3 to 4 o'clock Central Time. Has that snow hit you there in North Carolina yet? Well, I don't know because I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> uh, that was a good answer. That sounded like a country song, really. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know if it it's snowing be. back home because I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. What are you doing? Out, what out. are you doing out in Phoenix? If I can ask. Well, I'm going to speak at a pastors' conference tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Assuming that I have a voice, I've got my biannual sinus infection going on. So everybody, please pray for me. Well, but, you're, uh, you're sounding like Vice President Harris. <laughs> oh, that was, well, I shouldn't have said that. that was I'm going to keep the cackling to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, back home in Charlotte, right? Charlotte area? Yeah. Okay. Out in the country. All right. It, it just... but, but, you know, seriously, people have said much about the way she will somewhat nervously laugh and cackle. In speech, uh, that's called a vocalized pause. And people will have these repetitive vocal things they do when they're really trying to buy themselves time or they don't know what to say or they'll kind of pivot to some repeated thing that is their their default thing to do or say when they really don't know what to say. And so I'm and God knows I wish her no ill. I, right. I pray for the president and the vice president. I really do. I try to obey what the Bible says, and I, I pray for all the leaders. I I mean, I pray for Hillary and Nancy and AOC and the squad. I really pray for them because I, I believe they need to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, I really do think that um, Kamala Harris is way out of her league. And, I mean, she would never own up to this in public. But I, I bet um, if you want to know the person in this nation— who probably is shaking in their boots in fear, it's probably her because she doesn't know what she's doing. Well, I think that's becoming more obvious uh, with with each passing week. Um, there's, there's a reason why she was dead last in the Democrat vi- uh, primary. Yeah. De- Democrat voters didn't want her either. Mm-hmm. She was only chosen by Biden because... She was a woman, and and she wasn't white. Basically, those two qualifications made her vice president. All right, uh, let's and, move on. Uh, I want to okay. talk to you about something um, much more significant and important. That is the Bible, mm-hmm. since that's what yep. Jim Burton talk about in the afternoons. Uh, this is a what I'm about to ask you is a semester course in seminary. I understand that, but still, I wanted to ask it. Um, uh, is the uh, because a lot of people are skeptical about the Bible itself and the accuracy of it, especially the historical accuracy of it. You've done a lot of study and research. The, uh, the I want to talk about the Old Testament in particular right now because Israel's been in the news, Egypt's been in the news. We see other discoveries in the Middle East, and they almost always, well, they, not almost, if there's something historical that can go back to biblical times, uh, Alex, what we're finding is, today and have found throughout history since the biblical times is that uh, the discoveries in the Middle East support what the Bible says about history. 
Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, one writer said, with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another page of Scripture has been externally verified. And, uh, you know, we, Bert and I talk about this. Um, it, we wrote a book that came out about three months ago called 100 Bible Questions and Answers, published by Broad Street. And I'm very grateful to say that Bert and I wrote that book with the encouragement of uh, Tim Wildman. But we, you know, some of the things that at one time were very contested, like the city of Jericho, city of Nineveh, um, the palace of King David. Um, well, so many archaeological discoveries since the 19th century, because archaeology is really a pretty young science, only about 150, 175 years it's seriously formed into an academic discipline. One of the most um, stunning, there's a place called Tel Don. A lot of people say Tel Dan. It's out in the wilderness, but it, there's Tel Don. And a uh, beautiful place, actually, and some of you all might have been there. But there are inscriptions that have been found that reference uh, Abraham and Joshua. And... Uh, you know, these are two characters that skeptics used to say didn't exist. And so over and over, the historicity of the Old Testament has been confirmed by hundreds of discoveries that have been made. The you point, know, before you go on, Fred, I want you to comment. I want Ray to comment. Uh, in about three or four minutes, we've got our interview coming up with our pastor friend who's on the roof in Chicago. But I, I just want to say this, Amen. folks. If you don't, if you have to leave the program, whatever, <clears throat> What Alex is talking about is, uh, is you can trust the history of the Bible, okay? If you've been a skeptic of, of that, uh, you can trust the history of the Bible. If the, if the Bible isn't true, there would be no Jewish people today, all right? There would be no Jewish people that have survived even unto this day. This is the same lineage of people that goes back to Abraham in the Old Testament, okay? How many years is that, Alex? Uh, four or five thousand. Uh, Abraham and oh, easily like thirty, um, fifty five hundred years ago. Okay, these same people that these Jewish people who live in Israel, and these are the same people who their 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 family line, their genetic line goes back to Abraham. So, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, right. it's amazing to me, Alex, that people will not question that there was a man called Alexander the Great. They will not question that there was a man called Napoleon. But when it comes to biblical figures, these same people are quick to say, ah, but you can't prove that. that that's just fable stuff. Even though there is historical proof that all of these individuals talked about going back to Abraham, going back to David going back to uh, Moses, to Moses, that there's, there's secular truth to all of this. Oh, yeah. Um, Assyrian history, and there was a big discovery in 1879 called the Cyrus Cylinder. That, um, and these are not Scripture, this is secular, but it verifies what's in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, the book of Ezra. Um, so over and over, there's external, we call it extra-biblical confirmation of what we read in the Word of God. You know, very famously, I've, I've shared this story, but there was a, a brilliant 
Israeli general named Moshe Dayan, mm-hmm. died in 1981. And um, he was pretty famous. He had a, an eye patch because he had had an eye injury. But um, I'll never forget, he was on 60 Minutes, and he talked about how they were building the Israeli army. This was in the 70s. And one of the things that he had all of his uh, privates do is read and study the Old Testament, taking note of all the the historical landmarks, the rivers, the mountains, the trees. And uh, Mike Wallace, kind of indignant, said, the Bible? You have soldiers read the Bible? And Moshe Diane, General Diane, said, of course, because by the time I have boots on the ground, they have an accurate topographical map in their mind. And um, it, that made a huge impression on me, this incredible military leader that trusted the safety of Israel by his soldiers prepping to go on maneuvers where they'd never been by studying what the Bible says about the lay of the land. Wow. The Bible's accurate. Every bit, Old and New Testament. Amen. All right. Well, we've got to run along here, but Alex, we hope your voice gets better and you're able to. Uh, when do you teach this afternoon or tonight or when? Tonight in Arizona. Okay. So well, listen. The well, good Lord will help yeah, me. Amen. They ask people to pray for you. Hopefully, you get. Bless you. you uh, voice comes back and you get to feeling better and you're ready to go. Thank you, brother. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right, you're listening to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim here with Fred and Ray. And now we have Pastor Corey Brooks on the phone with us. He is Senior Pastor of the New Beginnings Church of Chicago. Uh, uh, and he he is the uh, gentleman that you've seen on uh, many interviews, at least I have, who's on the rooftop of a building in Chicago bringing attention to uh, the plight of his city and trying to make things better and trying to raise money for a, a you know a, a facility there to help uh, the youth of Chicago. Uh, good morning, Corey. Good morning. How you doing? Good. This is Tim. I should call you Pastor Brooks. That's your official title, but I was looking here. Either one is okay. Pastor Corey, Corey, it's all okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Are you on the roof today? I'm on the roof every day until February 28th. I, I will not be coming down. Um, any, could you not have chosen May and June in Chicago? Well, I don't think if I if I chose May and June, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. I don't okay. think people will pay attention. Good point. But, uh, people, people are paying attention. Good point. Uh, tell us about your church there. Well, our church is a, a, a church plant in a very tough neighborhood. Uh, we've grown to about a thousand members in attendance on Sunday. It's a very uh, vibrant congregation. We do a lot of ministry outside of the four walls of our church. We're really focused on changing our community, and that's one of the reasons why I'm on this roof because we started an organization on outreach, our missions arm called Project Hood, and Hood stands for helping others obtain destiny. And we're focused on uh, eradicating the violence and the poverty in our neighborhood. So. That's why I'm on this roof, and that's why I'm bringing attention and awareness to the violence, and that's why I'm trying to raise as much money as I can to build this much-needed center uh, on the south side of Chicago to help solve these issues. Uh, where can people go to make a contribution or to find out more information? Uh, go to projecthood.org. Projecthood.org is where they can go to find out information, and uh, any questions that they may ask, they can ask it right there. Ray, go ahead. 
Pastor, first of all, congratulations on doing something that is just so unusual. You've captured the attention of the nation, really, of the whole world. Uh, Let me ask you this. About the center that you're going to establish, tell us why you're doing this. Tell What's the connection between getting up on the roof and what you hope to accomplish and the end of violence in the Chicago neighborhoods? Absolutely. Great question. One of the reasons why we're building this center, uh, we believe that one of the reasons why we have so much violence and poverty in Chicago on the south side is because of lack of options, opportunities, and alternatives. So this center is a place where we're going to be providing training, first of all, to those who uh, dropped out of school, need to get back in school, those who are in gangs, who need to get out of gangs. We're going to provide them opportunities to put down guns and pick up hammers by giving them trades training uh, in all the various trades, construction, carpentry, plumbing, electrical, automotive trades. One of the things that in our school system, they've taken out all the trades. So people who aren't college bent uh, but need some skill set aren't able to get those skill sets. So we think we can fill that void. We're also going to have some restaurants in the uh, center uh, so we can provide culinary arts training. Uh, there are a lot of uh, people who want to get involved in hospitality and art, culinary arts in Chicago, which is very large. Uh, so we want to provide training to do that. Uh, we also have a trauma center where we're going to be able to counsel people who, have, who are grieving from the violence and trying to get over trauma situations uh, so that they, it's not a repeated cycle. We also have a violence prevention team that has about 14 full-time workers. We need space for them to continue to do their work so that we can stop all the retaliation and the gangs uh, from doing all the shooting that they're doing. We, we used to be touted as the uh, most dangerous neighborhood in Chicago by the Chicago Sun-Times, but we're no longer that because of the work of our violence prevention team. And then, of course, we'll have some of the things that other centers have, like uh, swimming pool, um, which are there are none in this area, if you could believe that. Um, basketball courts, music and arts, theater, uh, along with computer science rooms and classrooms and uh, community meeting space. So it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal place. It's going to be focused totally on transformation of a community. Tell uh, Fred Jackson here, uh, Pastor Brooks. Tell me what has been the reaction of the political leaders there. I mean, these political leaders, the mayor of Chicago, is certainly aware of the reputation. We get the figures; the murder figures are just absolutely horrific. Are they supporting you in this? Uh, are you hoping for taxpayers' dollars or? Are you depending solely on folks who, you know, the Lord moves on the hearts of individuals to help you with this? Wonderful question. We've always depended on the hearts of people. Um, We've never depended on government to give us anything, especially since I'm in a very liberal city. Chicago is one of the most liberal cities in America. And I'm I'm hollering uh, that I'm using conservative principles. I'm conservative and I'm using biblical principles. And that's not something that's smiled upon in the city of Chicago. It's very frowned upon. And so I don't look uh, to get any political help. I don't look to see if politicians are going to be there to assist me because they have not thus far. But I've been blessed because so many wonderful believers and so many wonderful people from around uh, the country and even around the world have been uh, helping us tremendously. And, and I, I'd rather have uh, the help of God's people than the help of government any day. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, uh, uh, we, we applaud you, brother, and uh, it's, um, we wish you the best, and we encourage people to uh, make a contribution. Again, what is the website? It's projecthood.org, projecthood.org. 
Now you got a, do you have a camera on you 24 seven up there? I don't have a camera on 24 seven, but I do, uh, some spots for Fox uh, every day. And I do on my Facebook page, people can go to Pastor Corey Brooks and I do some things there every day. And I, uh, so I, I try to stay on social media as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, I yeah, do go have, ahead. Tim, have one question. Go ahead, here. Ray. So for our listeners, I mean, I, I hope they look up and um, get some of the video from you on top of the But just, just describe real quickly for our listeners, what kind of setup do you have up there? What are you doing for food? I mean, I, I pastor myself <laughs> in Chicago for 17 years. It gets cold in January. How are you, how are you yeah, protecting yourself up there? Yeah, it's six degrees today, so it's really cold. Wow. So we have the tent, but we also have a propane heater, but – uh, it, it, it stays fairly okay, comfortable, really comfortable during the day because it absorbs the sun rays. But at night, it does get cold. Uh, so you have to bundle up and you have to really get, you know, stay protected. Um, as far as food is concerned, they bring up food every day. And as far as the bath and uh, that is concerned, I take a bath in a little uh, baby's bathtub every day. And then uh, we tell people when they come to stay with us, if you ever come to stay with us, uh, we got a cot and a pot for you. So, uh, <laughs> a cot and a pot. A cot and a pot. I don't know. That's not exactly like uh, an inviting. Uh, I don't. I don't. You may not want to charge for that. Is what I'm saying. VRBO. Uh, I don't think it's going to accept you there on that one. Uh, all right, Pastor Brooks. We'll check in with you another time down the road. Thank you so much. You'll be there on top of the roof until when? February 28th, and you can call me back anytime. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for praying for me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for praying okay. for our city. Wow. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All thank right. Uh, that's Pastor. What do you think about that, Fred? Yeah, city of Chicago needs more pastors like that. Uh, I tell you what, I, I was so impressed. The fact that he's not depending on taxpayers' dollars. This isn't a government program. This is God moving on this pastor's heart. And, and hoping that the Holy Spirit touches the hearts of others who now know about this. And, and you know, he's, he's exactly right. He's biblical. It's about reaching out with the love of Christ to change things in Chicago. And we know that, Ray and, and Tim, that it's, it takes changed hearts, and, and changed hearts come from accepting Christ as our Savior, accepting the fact that we're sins and we need the, the salvation of Jesus Christ. You know, there's there's so much, Fred, that could be said. Uh, he obviously has a great spirit. You could hear that coming through his voice. Mm. He's got a heart for his neighborhood, a heart for the young people. He's not depending on government money. He's a conservative. And he's sitting on top of a building day yeah. and night, which, you know, we all think, well, I could do that for a day or two. But 100 days in a row through the heart of Chicago winter, because it's it's not as bad yet as it's going to get up there between now and the end of February. And, uh, and you know, you're right, too. He understands, as we all do, the real answer for our cities is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so God bless him. And maybe somebody make a T-shirt, a cotton a pot. I mean. <laughs> hey, did he say, is he using propane? Or what that's is what he? he? That's what he said. Okay. Propane, propane heater up there. Okay. That's what I have at home on my patio. Wow. But I don't. Yeah. I'm not getting on my roof. No. And, and you're not sleeping out in the patio no, overnight. Sleep, no, 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 no. Uh, and, and you know, you get below 40, uh, you can't really, I don't care if you got propane or not, but in Chicago, it's probably 20 and the wind blowing. Uh, right. He said it was six degrees 
at the yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. nice well, the Lord's going to call me inside at that point. I just feel led. I don't. I don't even have to pray about it, really. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, and and look, he's he understands. This is the sort of the, it's an unusual thing, yeah. and to do that during the winter, and people do understand. Chicago's in trouble, right? We have, we've covered yes, this so yes, many times. Yes, that's it's true. in trouble in so many ways. It's in trouble. God bless this good man and what he's yes, doing. Amen. It's projecthood.org. Amen. amen. Hey, Al, Ray, did you have any comments on what Alex was talking about? You didn't get a really uh, much. You didn't get much time to talk about that. The most important thing I think Alex said of all the great things he said is you can trust your Bible, and I think that's what the average Christian needs to know. When you open the book of Joshua. And it says they crossed the Jordan River. They did. When it says they marched around Jericho, they did. And when it says the walls came a-tumbling down, those walls really did come a-tumbling down. So whether it's that Tel Don up in the north or Jericho or the Red Sea, folks, archaeology, archaeology over the past 150 years, in almost every case, has provided verification that what the Bible says really did happen we have nothing to fear nothing to fear from what they're digging up because what they are digging up those artifacts is proving the bible really is god's word and you can trust it amen amen all right we're going to be back in a few minutes with more of today's issues on the american family radio fred thank you you're welcome ray and i'll be back with chris woodward stay with us The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.